Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Before we start, we just want to take a second to tell you guys about Bud Light. It's summertime, and that means it's time to get outside and enjoy the weather with some crisp, refreshing Bud Lights. Bud Light has the perfect summer lineup with Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, both brewed with real citrus peels. New and just in time for summer is Bud Light Lemon Tea, brewed with real lemon peels and tea leaves. It's the ideal drink for summer, but it's only here for a limited time, so get it before it's gone. And to really get you in the summer spirit, Bud Light is giving everyone the chance to win the getaway of a lifetime. You can win two tickets aboard a VIP cruise to the Bahamas this summer, featuring a live performance by Jake Owen and, of course, plenty of Bud Light. For a chance to win, simply post your Bud Light summertime photos using the hashtags hashtag realenoughtogetaway and hashtag Bud Light Contest on Facebook and Instagram. See BudLight.com slash realenoughtogetaway for more details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 23 of our Kardashian bonus show. So we counted it out today. The next episode of Kardashian is set to air September 15th, I think. Correct. So we have about eight or so shows, not including this one, from now until then. And as you know, every week we're doing something a little bit different. So we were thinking for this week, it's something Julie's been wanting to do for a while. Basically, Emma went away for the weekend. I was like, fuck yes, I'm doing this on my own. (laughs) And I gave her a couple different options for outlines. And obviously, she chose a deep dive into Kanye West, which honestly, I think is so needed. Duh. We forget how massive of a star Kanye is because we think of him in a lot of terms as like Kim's husband, which he is. But also, yeah, and we also forget what he was like before he even met Kim. Exactly. Julie literally separated this outline into like pre Kim K era and post Kim K era, or as we during. all separate all of our lives yeah. into. So it makes <laughs> exactly. sense. Also, just full disclosure, Julie and I haven't seen each other in a very long time. I feel like yeah, it's been a lot of separation. I was away this weekend. We barely had any communication, so <laughs> I missed you so much. I'm so I know things. I missed you too. <laughs> They're like everything we're hearing, we're talking about it for the first time. Okay, this is how we're going to do this. A little like biography and then kind of fun anecdotes spilled in along the way. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as we go, as always. (laughs) It's our first time discussing this. (laughs) But it's a hefty outline. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Kanye. It's pages on pages. Okay. (laughs) There's nothing I left out. (laughs) No, I know. So 
Let's start in June of 1977. Shall we? Take us back, Em. (laughs) That's when Kane Omari West was born. He was born June 8th, 1977. Julie writes, Emma, please feel free to discuss Kane as a Gemini. You have my permission. You do. <laughs> Listen, I don't know so much about Geminis. I mean, the stereotype without, with them is that they have two kinds of sides to their personalities. Which well. Is definitely true. They also tend to be like creative and inquisitive and all those things. And I could totally see... Connie fitting that mold. Yes. I, have, I have to know his moon and rising to be able to make any sort of like intellectual. Well, I'll text him later. We'll find out. <laughs> okay. So his parents got divorced when he was three, and that's when he moved to Chicago with his mom. So at three years old, I think, was when his, do you think it's fair to say his like love and kind of devotion to Chicago started technically? Yes. yes. Right? That's where you can, like, he never, like, I don't think most people know that he was born in Atlanta. Like, I think people just assume he was born in Chicago, but he didn't move there until he was three. I did. I fully thought he was born in Chicago. Yeah. So we hear a lot about his mom, but I don't really think that we hear a lot about Kanye's parents, either together or just individually. And I wanted to know more. So I said to Julie, like, let's do information on both of them separately. Of course. Okay. So his mom was Dr. Don DeWest. She was an English professor at Clark Atlanta University, and she then became the chair of the English, English department at Chicago State University. So... I did not know this, and Julie did. In 2004 is when she quit her job to become Kanye's like manager, momager, full-time. He had a momager. Is it safe to say that Donda West was the original Kris Jenner? Duh. That's wild. Right? Yes. I had I had zero idea that yeah. Kanye had a momager. Kanye had a momager. So Kanye when, needed a momager. He needed one. I mean, Scooter couldn't do it. No. I, I actually don't know when Scooter became... His manager. Well, do you think that it went from Donda to Scooter? No, I, I think there was a gap in be- I think, no, there had to have been a gap in between. That's something that's fascinating. So his dad, Ray West, um, he was a former Black Panther, and he was one of the first Black photojournalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Later, he became a Christian counselor, and I don't know if you guys watched Connie's interview with David Letterman, but in it, he talks about spending his school vacations with his dad and you know, he says that he attributes a lot of his personality traits to his dad, which I just think is so interesting because I feel like we hear so much about his mom. Right. And we hear so much about when people talk about, you know, Kanye and his like political stances and what he does. It's always like, what would your mom think about? What His, his dad was a Black Panther. I know. Well, and that's the whole thing he was talking about in Letterman where he was saying that like he gets so much of his personality traits from his dad because his dad used to like go up during rallies and go on stage and disrupt these things that he, like, didn't believe in. And he was like, that's where, like, my whole outspoken personality comes from. He still has a relationship with his dad. His dad's still alive. But we never—I mean, not that that means anything, but I feel like we never really see— I think his dad has cancer, actually. Does he? Yeah, I remember reading something about that. Um, Yeah, no, we don't hear hear a ton about him. I think think Kanye keeps him private. It's it's really interesting— so when he was 10, I, again, did not know this. He moved with his mom to China, and she was still teaching at the time. So she taught at Nanjing University, and it was part of an exchange program. So Kanye was a foreign exchange student. He was the only foreign student in the class, and apparently he picked up the language kind of quickly. He forgot. He said he's forgotten most of it since. But imagine 10-year-old Kanye in China. It's so funny. It, he literally, I mean, like, also the thing about Kanye is that, like, most kids that come to America, like, get put into English classes there because there's so many American kids in China. He just, like, went into a Chinese-speaking class. And he got it. Or a Mandarin-speaking class and got it. It's unbelievable. I don't know. That, He's a I genius. Was, I was mind-blown doing, like, reading over this whole thing. So— I was curious as to kind of like his creativity and when that started to really form. So he began writing poetry when he was five. 
And Donda, his mother, said that he first noticed his drawing and musical abilities when he was in third grade because that's when he started rapping. And apparently by the seventh grade, he had begun writing like full-blown musical compositions. He he wrote his first rap at 13. It was called Green Eggs and Ham. And he begged his mom to pay for studio time so he could record it. And it was only like $25 an hour or something. And it was like, he was saying that it was in... um, in like this disgusting basement with like a wire microphone hanging down from the middle of the room and he recorded it. Oh my, and look at him now. Like this whole thing, I was just, I'm so proud. Um, so he graduated high school in 1997 and he attended the American, American Academy of Art, which he received a scholarship to. After that, he transferred to Chicago State University to study English. This was, Julie writes, Donda was the department head. Remember, guys. <laughs> Thank you, because I did forget. So his mom was the department head at Chicago State University. And then at 20, he dropped out of college to pursue music, which how did his mom feel Not about happy. that? She was saying there was a quote from her that was like, um, she, the way she was brought up and what she knew is that college was the root of like, all things successful. So she never thought that he, even in music, she never thought that he'd be able to do something without a degree. So he, like, she was obviously upset, but she supported him. But that's kind of amazing that you have a mother, because I feel like you don't see that a lot, when the parent is so traditional in their mindset in terms of schooling. Yeah. And then they have their kid who totally takes a separate route, but she supported him. Like, she disagreed, but she still went as far as to be his manager. Oh, no. I mean, I I think once he started to really— figure things out and start to really make music and start to make it. She was like, okay, thank God. No, of course. Let's go to 2000. And I want you to take us through kind of his, after college, his start with music. So in 2000 is when he started working at Rockefeller Records, which is Jay-Z's company. And he helped Jay-Z. Jay-Z's one of his probably most known, one of his considered his best albums is Blueprint, which Kanye helped produce. So a lot of people say about Kanye is that like, the review of Kanye over time is that he's a really good rapper, but an incredible producer. Like, he's known for being a music producer in the industry, not really to the public. Um, so he was working at Rockefeller Records, and he was really, like, desperate to, like, focus on his own rapping. Like, he was like, okay, I've done the producing thing. I want to do my own thing. And he got— he went to a meeting at Capitol Records. They didn't give him an artist deal. They thought he was too, like, he he had a really suburban background. He, like, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. He was a well-educated kid. His mom was educated. So they were like, he doesn't have that rapper background. So, quote, rapper background. Quote, rapper background. Course, Correct. Yeah. That's what the, the, he was, they were said about him. Um, but Rockefeller didn't want to lose him as a producer, so they, like, reluctantly signed him to a contract in order to keep him as a producer, and he started, um, like, rapping under them. And in 2002, he got into a car accident, and it was, like, a terrible car accident. His jaw broke, and he had to get it rewired. And while he was recovering in the hospital, he started rapping and writing music. And his song, Through the Wire, which is, like, one of his more famous songs, was written while he literally had the wires in his jaw. Oh, my God. That is, it's so unbelievable. I know. And that's that's when he wrote College Dropout, which was his first album. Yeah, wow. Well, he was literally recovering. And, like, one of his, like, I don't think it's College Dropout that has this, but if you look online, one of his EPs that he was recording that he, like, maybe was, like, the first original cover is, like, his face from the accent, and it's, like, blown up, and he can't open his jaw. Oh, my God. How did he, he just brought a, like, how does that even work? Could you imagine the people at the hospital? 
No, I, I literally can't. Somebody literally must have brought him recording and he just started writing. It's unbelievable. He went into the studio with his with his, with his his jaw wired shut. Also, just like interesting to note, the car accident happened because he fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah, because he I, was like overworked. Overworked and overtired, yeah. And he, I think what happened, nobody was killed, but the other driver like broke both of his legs. It was, yeah. a, it was, it was a really, really bit, yeah. it was like a tragic accident. But he also like considers that, like the the turning point in his career. Like he's like, he'll say that like everybody has a point where, you know, something happens and it allows them to like move on to the next step or move on to what they're supposed to do. And he considers that accident to be that mm -hmm. for him. That like it pushed him to like be like, okay, now I have to like seriously focus on my music. Well, that's kind of like the everything happens for a reason mentality at the time. Yeah. I'm sure how do you even fathom something like that and then look kind of what it turned into. Yeah. Anyway, so during that time and all this happening is when he started to his, his own record label. And it was a record label and management company called Good Music. Interesting to note, John Legend was one of the initial artists signed to Good Music along with Common. And John Legend's album, Get Lifted, was the label's first album release. But you didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, when I was studying this, I was like, holy shit. It also just was interesting for me, just from a like pop culture perspective. I guess I didn't realize how deep John Legend and Kanye went. Friendship. Like yeah. I always thought of them as, and this is so naive of me, I, I recognize that. Like, oh, well, they're Chrissy and Kim's husbands. Right. No, they, I think they're the reason that, I don't know if they're the reason that Kim and Chrissy met, but they, they, I think they're the reason that Kim and Chrissy are, are so close. Right. Well, it's almost like a, f a family bond in a yeah. way. Yeah. So that, the he started good music after College Dropout came out because College Dropout was so successful. It, it won 10, 10 Grammys. It had 10 Grammy nominations and it won like rap album of the year and was nominated for album of the year for his first record. Yeah, which is incredible. And that And that's like Jesus Walks, Graduation Day, All Falls Down. Through the wire, like mm -hmm. all of those. Yeah. So it was in 2004 when he kind of had his first major controversy, I guess you could call it. This was when he lost Best New Artist at the AMAs. He lost to the country artist Gretchen Wilson. Maroon 5 was also nominated just to give some context. But I think that that was like a big loss. That was like also the start of like the Kanye West that we know that like storms out of like things when he doesn't get his way. Right. Yeah, it's like, like it's a classic Kanye move, but it was just like the first time anybody had been like, who's this guy who recorded one album is now storming out of award shows? <laughs> right. They didn't notice. It's like if Kanye, years. if Kanye stormed out of award show in 2019, you'd be like, classic Kanye. In 2004, it's like, who the fuck is this guy? It would be so much weirder if he didn't storm out of an award show in 2019. Right. Like, if you, I'd right. be like what, what's going on here? Right, like something, something's, <laughs> something's off. off. He released his second album, which was Late Registration 2005. That was like, Gold Digger, Touch the Sky, Heard Him Say, Hey Mama. I mean, that was, yeah. to me. But you know what's crazy? When you go through all of these, it's like every single album is like a notable album. I know. Which isn't the case with a lot of artists. Like I was going through, I don't know why, I was like on Spotify like going through different, and it's like, yeah, some artists have, have albums out where it's like you can't name one song on the entire thing. No, that's not the case here. No, not Absolutely the case. not. He... In 2005, just to give some context as to where he was in like the public figure light, this was when he had that infamous thing on NBC when he said George Bush doesn't care about black people. It was during NBC's A Concert for Hurricane Relief and it was broadcasted live. He was speaking with Mike Myers. I will never forget that. I and will he just, never he just forget said there, that. He just said, George Bush does not care about black people. That was, I mean, talk about starting his quote Kanye. And that's the other thing that everyone references is when he's like walking around with this Make America Great hat, Again hat. It's like, where was the Kanye that went on live TV and said, George Bush doesn't care about black people? I know. It's really. 
Um, he then released his third album, Graduation, September 2007. That was Stronger, Good Life, Can't Tell Me Nothing, Flashing Lights. Like, a- as I'm reading these, every single one is Chills, a fucking right? It's banger. a fucking banger. Every single one. God, I love this. I'm I, so- You think you're happy? It's the best day of my whole life. I'm so happy we did this. Also, I just love when I see Julie so happy. And she was like, there are some outlines that she does where she's like, just- cannot wait for it to be over. This was yeah, not one of them. There's a lot of them where I'm like, fuck this. I know. No, this was this. like, no, this, this literally has everything. I know. So as you guys know, even if you don't know much about Kanye, you know that the death of his mother was a huge deal, like life-changing. And I think that we should just get into that a little yeah. bit. So this was on November 10th, 2007. Donda West died of complications from cosmetic surgery. It was, she was going in for a breast reduction and a tummy tuck. Like, I know it sounds crazy because obviously any surgery is surgery, but I think that we associate plastic surgery since it's so cosmetic and it's, you know, elective. We don't think about it as like someone going in for open heart. But it's, and that's the thing about this is it's so routine, a tummy tuck and a breast reduction. Any plastic surgeon had done this a million times. You know what I mean? It's like, it's second nature for them. So that's why it was so crazy is that you don't expect this. And when it happened, she was released from the hospital. It wasn't like she died on the table or there were complications during the surgery. She went home and was home. And even though they had advised her to stay, she was like, no, I have somebody to take care of me at home. And then it was this whole thing that came out, whether like, was it the doctor's fault? Was it the nephew who was supposed to be watching her's fault because they weren't home? And it was this whole lawsuit and and thing that like kind of almost opened up. I don't think they ended up going through with the lawsuit, but there was a the, the autopsy report had to come out. Well, I wanted to read what it said. Yeah. So the autopsy report said, and I quote, Wes was able to walk out of the clinic after five and a half hours of surgery, heavily bandaged and prescribed Vicodin for pain. She opted to return to her home for care, even though she was advised that she receives post-operative care at another facility. And then according to the autopsy report, she was apparently cared for by, quote, an experienced nurse and other family members at home. So, you know, like you said, they, she was, it was recommended that she stay for postoperative care, but it wasn't required. No, it wasn't required. Right. And the day after the surgery, what happened apparently was that she was having like a sore throat and pain and tightening in her chest and she collapsed that evening. So her, like a friend was at the house and they called 911 and she was taken to the hospital and she was pronounced dead in the emergency room. It's just so crazy because then the L.A. County coroner came out and said that there was no evidence of a surgical procedure problem. So, you know, and some people say it's not the doctor's fault. The doctor, this guy, Dr. Adams, eventually came out to Inside Edition and he said that, you know, it it definitely, even though it was deemed that it wasn't his fault, it definitely affected his business. Oh, he lost he lost everything. No one, no one went to him anymore. He was the doctor that killed Kanye's mom. And... Interestingly enough, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was the governor of California at the time, signed a law that was called the Donda West Law, and it makes it mandatory for patients to receive medical clearance through a physical exam before going elective surgery. Because it was like, they, it could have been something prior, or probably was something prior that they didn't know about, that they, they didn't see. But what's so crazy to me is that that wasn't a thing beforehand. Do you know what I right. mean? Like any sort of surgery to not have, I don't know, it just, the whole thing is kind of mind-blowing. Um what what I thought was really interesting is that she died on November 10th and Kanye had a concert November 22nd. He played his first concert, um, the O2 in London on November 22nd. That was 12 days after. And he dedicated the performance of Hey Mama as well as the cover of Journey's Don't Stop Believing to her. I had no idea that he was like back in the game so quickly after this. I, that was... 
Yeah, I think it was. Um, I have to uh, remind me. I have to show you the video later. It's it's a video of him, and for like, the music starts playing for "Hey Mama," and everyone kind of knows it's coming. He comes out, and he's standing on stage for like probably a solid three to four minutes, like hysterically crying, unable to speak, and then he sings it. And he gave an interview after, and he was like, "My like my mom would have been upset if I didn't. Like my mom would have wanted me up there singing." Um, but he really blamed himself for a while. Like, he, he basically said, if I never moved to L.A., I would have been home with her. I wonder how that manifested itself. Because I can't imagine, like, first you have the sadness, but then to carry some sort of, like, guilt or regret. You know what I mean? No, I mean, this was, this, yeah, this was a, a definitely also a, a turning point in Kanye's life. Because at the same time, so this is 2007, right? In 2008, he he was engaged to Alexis Pfeiffer, who, like, a lot of people don't know about. She was a fashion designer. They met in 2002 before he was really anybody. And they broke off their engagement kind of right after this happened. She died November of 2007. It was early 2008 that they broke off their engagement. And then we'll get into this in a little bit. But 2009 was when the whole Taylor Swift thing happened. And he kind of said, he was like, after my mom died, I that was the first time I stopped. He was like, I physically kept going and couldn't stop. He, I think he just, like... I think that he felt that if he stopped and like took a break, it was like going to be too much for him. So it wasn't until that whole Taylor Swift thing happened where he was like, oh my God, I need a break. And he went to Hawaii to recover. Yeah, I didn't, I was saying this to you in the car on the way here. Like I, you know, Kanye West's mom dying was such a thing. And we all recognize how how like traumatic that was, but I don't think I really fully understood, I guess not only the pain, but also what can come from that until I lost my mom last year. And what my therapist always says to me is that like, you have people in your life that are anchors and they don't make their presence of an anchor known. It's not like they're talking about how integral they are, but something about their presence just grounds you and it makes right. you feel safe. And when you lose someone like that, especially in his case, so shockingly, it can really send you for a loop. Right. And I think it may, I like really relate to what he was saying about just keeping going, keeping going, because you want to stay distracted because you're so afraid that if you stop and you actually take a second to process what just happened, like I just lost the person that gave me life. Like she is no longer here. It's you feel like it's going to come at you like a ton of bricks. Right. And so people do that. It's such a, I don't know, it's just so crazy, like all of this. I had such a, I feel like better perspective. One, that it's so much, so many more years. And two, having the like experience with my mom. I just, I don't know, this whole yeah, part just gave me chills. It's no, really, I know. Especially like considering how close they were. Oh my God. I mean, it was, yeah, it was Donda West. Like she also, um, she released a book titled Raising Kanye, Life Lessons from the Mother of a Hip Hop Superstar. Like, Months, I think in May of 2007, which yeah. was months before she died, which I never read that. Did I, you? No, I didn't. I don't have you to. Want I, to. I actually, that was one of the things I didn't know about. I had no idea she wrote a book. I had no idea either. So, also just interesting that Kanye's friend Rhymefest, which was the guy in the episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians a couple episodes ago where him and Kanye were kind of in a fight and Kim was kind of fighting with him, he, they founded Donda's house together. And that's what they were fighting about in the episode. That's what they were fighting about in the episode. And just for context, that was aimed at students between 15 and 24, and it included lessons on how to write and record music. And the whole thing was based kind of on this teaching philosophy philosophy of Donda. And she had this belief of like collaborative and experiential learning, which makes so much sense in the way Kanye is. Oh my God, yeah. Completely. Okay, we are still, by the way, in the pre-Kim era. Crazy. The pre-Kim era was a long era. It was a I just forgot about it. You know why the pre-Kim era was such a long era? It's because even in the pre-Kim era, for him, it was the Kim era. It's so true. It's so true. We'll get into that in a second. We, we found out some very interesting little tidbits. Some good ones. So we just want to pause to tell you guys about Noom. 
Getting in shape isn't just about losing weight. It's about learning healthier habits and feeling better about yourself, whether that's more stamina to keep up with your busy life, finally getting into those gold jeans, being more in tune with your body's needs, or practicing more self-care. What if you could use one program for all your health and weight loss needs? No more hunting for training apps and workouts or calorie trackers and meal plans. Plus, add a goal specialist and a community of members to keep you motivated and accountable. And it's like a workout bestie all in one place. So Numa is a program that really helps one make healthier lifestyle choices. Personally, what I think is so great about it is that a lot of times when you are dieting or trying to make healthier choices, going out to eat can be really stressful. And the thing about Numa is that you can go out again. You don't have to stay home because you don't want to be tempted. And you can learn to resist these temptations and be comfortable in social environments because what you do is you trust your ability to make good choices, which I think for so many of us, or I'm speaking for myself, is can be really difficult. Also, having the ease and the convenience of the app is just like, to me, there's nothing better. Really what it is, it's a habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. It's also based in psychology. So it teaches you why you do the things you do, and then it arms you with the tools to break the bad habits and replace them with better ones. It's really not like a Band-Aid. So listen, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash celebs. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash celebs to start your trial today. That's Noom.com slash celebs, the last weight loss program you'll need. Okay, now back to the show. Um, so in 2008 was when him and his fiance, Alexis Pfeiffer, like Julie said, she was a fashion designer. They ended off their 18-month engagement. Fun fact that I found out, they got engaged in August 2006, are you ready for this, over a lobster and pasta dinner during a vacation to Capri. Who knew? I literally didn't. I had no idea. He never brings her up. I know. Ever. I, I was saying to you this in the car that I think he associates her with his mom's death. And that's why he knows. Because he'll talk about Amber Rose. Like, he, he said a lot. He said a lot of things about Amber Rose. Like, that one time that he was like, um, what's that quote? That's my favorite quote. Like, um, if, Kim Car- if Kim had wanted to date me when I wanted to date her, there wouldn't be an Amber an Rose. An Amber Rose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and— sh- Alexis, apparently, was like very amicable. Like a, One of their friends came out and said that they were having problems, and she said, it's always sad when things like this end and we remain friends. I wish him the best in the future and all of his endeavors. He's one of the most talented people I've ever met. I wonder like, when the last time they spoke was. From everything I read, it did not seem at all tumultuous. It kind of just seemed like there was too much going on. Yeah. But it didn't seem like heartbreaking. No, I don't, I don't think so. That's why I wonder if there's any uh, communication there or what she's up to. Also in 2008 was when he released um, 808s and Heartbreak. And this was different, right? Like, Yeah, it was, well, he, it, most of his music obviously is like rap. And in this, he felt like he couldn't get out what he wanted to say through rap and he wanted to sing it. So he used auto-tune and it was like, people were really like not on board for it when he first announced he was doing it. And then when the album came out, they were like, they were into it, and the album did really well. Some some people will say they still uh, like it, it's not their favorite album is, but uh, yeah, it was definitely different. That's that's uh, Love Lockdown. Remember that Heartless. was like the Heartless. That was the jam. I fucked with all every single song we've mentioned. I like fuck with very hard. Yeah, specifically Good Life. Yeah. But yeah. Do you know what the first song to ever use auto tune was? What? Oh, this is a good fun fact. T Pain. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> the first song to ever use auto tune was Believe by Cher. No way. Yep. And then T-Pain made it what it was. <laughs> there is no way that anybody listening to this knew that. Well, I, we, I, I know this. The reason I remembered it, I knew this originally, but I saw the Cher show, and they say it when they in the Cher show. But I was like, oh, fuck, I knew that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow, look at her paving the way. 1998. <laughs> so 2008 was also the year that he was arrested for smashing a paparazzi's camera. Like, 
Do you guys remember that? Like, that was, talk about peak pop culture. Well, this is the story that Kim tells. (laughs) This is my favorite Kanye story of all time. This is the story that Kim tells where he gets arrested and they give him one phone call and he calls Mr. Chow's and orders takeout to jail. (laughs) That's the most Kanye. Yeah. So goddamn baller. Yep. Wow. Um, So a year later, 2009, that's when he collaborated with Nike to release his own shoe, the Air Yeezys. He was with Nike first. All these things, I for, I, compl- I knew that, but I completely and forgot about it. And he was the it. first non-athlete to have a shoe contract with Nike. Which is amazing. Yeah. Also 2009, September, this was the famous 2009 VMAs. This was the Taylor Swift scandal that kind of started it all. I don't have to explain it. You guys know. <laughs> Julie writes in parentheses, pause for Emma to explain she was there, even though she knows it greatly upsets me to hear. Everybody listening has heard that story, but yes, I was there. I witnessed it happen. I watched Beyonce walk out. I Never in my life will I... That was my biggest regret, I'm sorry, of my life is the fact that I took a camera, like a regular camera. I guess we didn't have iPhones at the time. No, we didn't didn't have iPhones. Where was your Blackberry? I didn't bring an external charger, like, or an extra battery. So my camera died. Like, you're like a joke of a human being. I'm like, what am I thinking? I didn't realize how close I was going to be. I didn't realize I was going to be fucking sitting next to Adrienne Bailone and have her turn to me and be like, is this stage? Like, what is. I can't. We have to move on. I I can't can't. talk about it. It gives me anxiety to think about. Um, okay, so after that whole, the whole thing happened, he kind of like took a little bit of a break from being in the public eye, and he went to Hawaii to start writing his own album, and I think to kind of like decompress. Yeah, but what was interesting about this was that him and Gaga were supposed to go on tour together. Because God, this was a Gaga was coming on the scene, and they were supposed to co-headline a tour together. And he had said in an interview, he was like, no, Gaga's not opening up for me. She's way too talented. We're doing this together. It was a co-headline. And after this happened, they canceled the tour. And that's when she went on the um, the Monster Ball tour. But they were supposed to go on a tour called the Fame Kills Tour together. Wow. You think that'll ever happen? I, I don't think it'll ever happen. But God, what a tour that would have been. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Also 2009, it was when he moved to Rome with Virgil. Like, holy shit. He had his internship at Fendi. <sighs> Can you imagine just Kanye West doing an internship? No. Imagine you're like the other co-intern at Fendi. Yeah. And it's like Kanye and Virgil. Like, <laughs> you're what? a fucking joke if that's you. That's the thing that I think a lot of people forget. Kanye and Virgil knew each other from Chicago. Yeah, like, they were best known, friends. Yeah, so, Virgil worked for Kanye. Yeah. Virgil credits his whole career to Kanye, really. No, I think that a lot of people, when they don't know the background, they think of like, obviously Virgil is so successful in the fashion world and they think Kendall and Kim and this, and it really wasn't. I mean, it, Kanye no, has this Kanye. very much own relationship with Virgil. Well, there's the the the, um, the video that we all know of him, what, two years ago when they were in Paris for his first Louis Vuitton fashion show when he became the creative director and he walks down and he, at the end of the show and he's hugging Kanye and they're like crying together in each other's arms. And Kim wears that gorgeous turquoise Louis. Oh, please. Oh, my God. I'm picturing it in my head. Yeah. Um, Okay, August of 2011 was when he released Watch the Throne. This was his album. You're going to skip over my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The best album. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, (laughs) Miss. Okay, you tell him. So, 2010, he releases My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which was like most people consider his best album. I consider his best album. And that's Power, All the Lights, Runaway, Monster. All the Lights, I mean. Oh, no, please. That's. When that comes on when we're high. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's another level. I like there are flashing lights in my head. No, that is hands down my favorite album. It's so good. But that was like, that was his comeback. That was 2010. That was after the whole Taylor Swift thing. That was after everything. And they were like, people literally didn't think Kanye was going to be able to like 
be Kanye anymore. Like that Taylor Swift scandal was so big that they're like, this is the end of Kanye West. <laughs> if they only knew. Oh narrator. <laughs> narrator. It was not the end of Kanye West. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this was like his, this was his comeback. Holy shit. This was his, this was his Sunday service. This was his Sunday service. Exactly. Yeah. So the 2011, again, that's when he did Watch the Throne with Jay-Z, and they went on tour together in October of that year. <laughs> Julie writes, my mom said I couldn't I go. I begged. How old I, were you at the time? Too young. Um, 2011, I was, I can't even remember. How old would I have been? Well, what year were you born? 96. So you were 15. Yeah. I should have been able <laughs> she's, to go. She's very talented. Math just isn't her No, strong, math so is not fine. my thing. Yeah. Okay, do you feel like we're ready to, tra- to transition into KKE, Kim Fuck. Kardashian era? Yeah. Okay, here we are. So we left you guys off in 2011. They started dating in April of 2012. Finally. Finally. Like, this is years in the making. Years in the making. Years, quite literally. In 2013 was when he released his sixth album, Yeezus, which we had no idea how integral that word would be. Yeezus! I know. That was the invention of Yeezus. Oh, God. Can you believe that? No, I can't. I truly can't. That was Black Skin Head Bound to Remember, Kim was in the music video. So I remember being like, she is so goddamn hot. Like, yeah, no, that music video was on the motorcycle. Like yep. Yeah. Well, was. what's funny is that I put this in after, but James Franco and Seth Rogen spoofed that on Fallon, I think it was. And Kanye originally wanted them to do it at their wedding. And they all were like, this is not a good idea. Like, this is not a feasible, logical idea, but Kanye was, like, very serious about it. Could you imagine Seth Rogen and James Franco in Italy, like, with them? <laughs> yes, like, I can. <laughs> holy fuck. Um, anyway, so he he went on tour. That was his first solo tour in five years. He had Kendall Gamar as the supporting act. It, it did very well. You like, remember the the, um, the face mask that was, like, the, the diamond silver face mask that he wore the whole time? It was, like, the craziest thing. It's insane. We just want to take a second to tell you guys about Pedal. So for a lot of us, our relationship with credit cards is complicated. Having a credit card can feel like the ultimate freedom, but they can also get you into a lot of financial troubles, which I think we all know well. That's why I want to tell you about a new kind of credit card company called Pedal, and it may change the way that you think about credit. So Pedal is a new credit card company that wants to help you succeed financially. Their mobile app is designed to help you spend responsibly, which is especially great if you're just starting to build credit. With Pedal, you can qualify for higher limits, but that doesn't mean you should always spend to that limit. Pedal's app lets you track your credit card spending against your own personal budget. Pedal wants to help you build your credit score. That's why they reward you with more cash back when you pay on time. Earn 1% cash back right away and 1.5% cash back when you make 12 on-time monthly payments. Pedal is partnered with WebBank membered FDIC. WebBank issues Pedal's Visa card. So listen, it's about time there was a smarter, more modern credit card company that wants to help you succeed financially. Go to pedalcard.com slash CBC today to find out more. That's pedal with a T, P-E-T-A-L card.com slash CBC, pedalcard.com slash CBC. Okay, now back to the show. So 2013 was when North was born. So they started dating in April, 2012. And in June, 2013, that's when North was born. Again, obviously they weren't married at the time, but I don't know. You know, I was trying really hard to think back to how I felt at the time. And I think Kim and Connie made sense as a couple, but then they had a kid together and was like, oh shit. Oh shit, this is real. They're really doing it. it Like they're not fucking around. Well, I don't think we, you know, looking back on it, we know all these things about how Kanye was so in love with Kim and it was always Kim for him, but we didn't know that at the time. It was like, so when they got together, it was like, oh, Kim and Kanye are dating. They were always friends. They're dating. 
it wasn't like, oh my God, they're finally together. It's going to be like, in Kanye's mind, it was like, there's no way this isn't going to happen. There's no way we're not going to stay together. But we didn't expect it. It was like, oh, it's so soon after she divorced Chris Humphreys. They were, her and Chris Humphreys weren't even divorced when she was pregnant. No, but so to think, so his, the first song that Kanye ever made mention of Kim, not by name, was Knock You Down with Carrie Hilson and Neo. This was in 2009. So think about it. That's three years before they ever got together. And the line was, you was always the cheerleader of my dreams and seemed to only take the head of the football team. And I was the class clown that always kept you laughing. She was dating Reggie Bush at the time. Chills. Ch- fucking chills. If my 2009 self knew that. Yeah. Because that song is also a fucking banger. A banger. All of these are. Anyway, so they get in, So she's born, North is born June 2013. They get engaged October 2013. I mean- I don't have to, if you're listening to this episode, I know that you remember that proposal like it was fucking yesterday. I remember Lorraine Schwartz walking into the stadium. Like, literally, I can see it so clearly. That ring is etched into my mind forever. That ring being stolen is one of the greatest tragedies of our time. Yes. Kim is in, that's when Kim had kind of like the lighter brown hair. It was wisp. I liked her with that hair. I, 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 I liked her with was, that hair with that length. Yeah. Off to the side, like soft. She's wearing that long sleeve blue and cream dress. I, I'm freaking out just thinking about it. Yeah. They're all, he has the please marry please me marry with the extra ease, which I'll never makes understand. No sense. Makes yep. me crazy. The entire family's waiting in the box. I know that was one of the most epic things of all time. Every single time I watch that, I cry. Yeah. Which I know isn't saying much. I cry at like all proposals, but that one just really got me. I think she was surprised. Like I genuinely think, I think she, she was, was shocked. I know. And I don't think it's an easy thing to do to surprise Kim Kardashian. No, it's definitely it's not. not. But if somebody's able to do it consistently, it's Kanye. It's fucking Kanye. Okay, so this is all in 2013. That's when his partnership with Adidas was announced in December of 2013. That's like, you know, from a fashion perspective, I think that that's, in my view, kind of like the start of it. Not the start of his love for it, but the start of it being really solidified. No, I mean, starting easy is a huge, huge deal. So he he starts easy. Now, like, not only is it huge for the fashion world or for him, it's like, that's his business now. That's where most of his money comes from now. It's a $1.5 billion business. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole Forbes article that just came out. The biggest sneaker in the game. It's like literally changed streetwear. I know. I want to talk about that Forbes article in a little bit. Yeah, we'll we'll get to it there. Um, So Kim and Kanye get married in Florence, May 2014. And, you know, again, if you're listening to this, you know. But that wedding, just to die for. Everything from— That flower wall. My my favorite thing, honestly, and I know this is a little more Kim-focused, but, you know, when Kim was married to Chris Humphreys at the time— it was beautiful, and of course, we were all like, oh, my God. But it was so gaudy, almost. Gaudy. It was so overdone. And listen, I obviously recognize that this wedding was by no means minimalistic. It was very much overdone. But it was but different. It was, gaudy and, gaudy and, and over-the-top aren't—they don't go hand-in-hand. Hand. They're different. It was like you saw—not the evolution of him, because I think he would have had the same wedding the first time, but really the evolution of her and kind of how his influence on her really changed her aesthetic in a way. Like— this to her was the dream, whereas with Chris Humphreys, that was the dream. And if you look at the two side by side, it's like two different people. Well, we always talk about the the um, the effect that Kanye had on her taste and all of these things because she says, she's like, I would say yes to anything. I'd say yes to anything for for a check. And she's like, when Kanye came in and was like, no, you, you don't have to do this. Like, pick out what you like, pick out what you believe in and like focus on that. And that's what you should be getting money for. And, and her whole taste changed after that. It was like, she got into the world of like high fashion and everything. And that was, this wedding was like solidified that. It's re- it really did. I mean, and they I, got married in Florence because that's where North was conceived. Oh my God. 
this was also the same year that he released Only One with Paul McCartney. And this was the music video with North in the rain. Con- you forget how little she was? I, Julie, I can't. This was Kanye says that the song is his mother talking to North through him. I mean, I can't. Uh, yeah. I can't. The, the end that's like, tell Nori about me. Oh my God. And they're in the rain. It's filmed, it's shot on an iPhone. That really, truly was an unbelievable thing. And Kanye in Swahili translates to the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Keep pulling that one out of left field. <laughs> it's, it's on the outline. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Swahili, <laughs> but. <laughs> okay, next year. Way to blow my cover. <laughs> Imagine if you just also have. Okay, so 2015 is when he releases Four or Five Seconds with Paul McCartney and Rihanna. <laughs> I think this is the greatest song that's ever been made ever. It's up there. No, no, it is literally, we're listening to it later. Yeah, the work, I, the workout remix is also very good. I listened to it on the treadmill. I don't, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> Also, in 2015, he went on SNL's 40th anniversary special, and he performed Wolves with Sia. Julie wrote, this could be the start of the family relationship with Sia, because it's just something that we're always confused about. Like, as Kardashian fans, we see her so much. We literally see Sia in the Jordan Gate episode consoling Chloe. Like, they are very close. It could be. I have no idea. Interesting thing to think about. Um, The rest of 2015, this was the debut of Easy Season 1. Oh, my God. Yeah. At, in February, and then December of that same year was when Saint was born. <laughs> Saint. That's when we got the Little cutest kid to ever take Instagram. Ever. Yeah. I no, mean, December 2015 was the best month of my whole life. Ever. Like, literally ever. Um, February of 2016, he debuts his Saint Pablo album at Madison Square Garden, and it was the premiere of Easy Season 3. Remember that? Of course. That's the picture that Isabel has for the, with his, his hands up. Isabel made, like, a graphic for our... Promo for on the Instagram, slide, yeah. yeah, and it's it's the picture from that tour. I, I'm upset. That picture was my background for so long because it would hold up my texts. <laughs> it did. Um, yeah, same year, started the same Pablo tour. <laughs> Julie, literally, like it's a very the outline that she did was all bolded, and then she writes September 2016. Julie sees Kanye on tour. <laughs> I had to go to Penn State for that shit. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> um, one month after that was when Kim was like, robbed one in month Paris. after Julie sees yes. Kanye. <laughs> That was when Kim- I'm editing that into his Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, walk them through how that happened in terms of when Me seeing Kanye or the, the robbery. No, him being on stage. Oh my God. So when he finds out about the Kim's robbery, he wasn't on the St. Pablo tour. He was doing something else. I believe he was supposed to be performing at a festival with Chance and he was singing Ultralight Beam with Chance. And he gets on the stage and somebody comes out. It's like, I don't even think he had performed anything yet. Or maybe he had done one song and somebody whispers in his ear and tells him that Kim was robbed. And he runs off stage. He's like, there was a family emergency. I got to go. And he goes to Paris to like be with Kim. But, oh my God. The Kim, I think about that sometimes. And I feel like we genuinely block it out because it was so traumatic. But that, her explaining that robbery, I will never forget it. When she talks about, when she says that quote about like, I sat there and I just prayed that Courtney would be okay after seeing my like dead body on the bed. I will never. Ne- it was the craziest thing. No, we don't talk about it enough. Honestly, it's traumatic. I think, I think it's because it's like vicarious trauma, number one. And I think also, and obviously you and I do not feel this way, but this was, if you remember when this happened, of course there was the people that were like, holy shit, oh my God, I feel so bad. But there was a very fair share of people that were like, and that's what happens when you boast that ring. Like people felt like she deserved, of course we don't. But I think what's interesting is that I think she felt like that too. Like she had that thing of like, and this is, I can't do this again. And she stopped wearing jewelry for so long after that. 
It's only recently that Kim started like wearing jewelry again. It is. I'm not kidding. It is within the past maybe three months when she started promoting Jadel BH. You guys, if you follow, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where she's yeah, like, I want that big chain. I, Don't you think too. I'd look really good in that? You would, where she is like dripping in diamonds. She did not wear earrings, rings, anything. And even still, she doesn't really wear earrings. I mean, I think that that sh- shook her to the core. Think about it though. Like how, when have you ever heard about that happening? Somebody, a celebrity robbed at gunpoint? I mean, literally, they broke into her home. It's not like she was walking down the street. They targeted her for so long. They broke into her, like her and Kanye's home in Paris. They tied her up in a bed. Like, oh my God. First of all, it's traumatic for anybody, obviously. And like, but for like to be so in the public eye and have everyone know this about you. I mean, that was the craziest thing. When I found that out, I'll never forget that. I will never forget being so like genuinely livid when it came out like, oh, this is all staged. Oh my God! First of all, if you thought it was staged and you wa- and, and and you watch that episode afterwards, there's no way you thought that. When she talks about, it, she's like, she's like, I literally sat there and like prepared to be raped. Yeah. Like that is no, no, no. I can't even. Um, but the robbery, I think, in a lot of ways, was kind of the start to. I don't know if I want to say his breakdown or or what it was, but that was well, one of his. One um, of- yeah, I think that you know, I think if we're gonna trace it back, it's like. Things started, you know, mental health-wise with Kanye probably started after his mother died. Um, it was, like, probably the trigger for him. But I think this was um, really put him over the edge. Yeah. I mean, he—it was also happened to be around the ninth anniversary of his mom's death. And I think there was just a lot going on in his head. November of the same year was when he called out Jay-Z for apparently not being supportive enough after Kim's robbery. The quote is, Jay-Z, call me, bruh. You still ain't called me. Jay-Z, I know you got killers. Please don't send them at my head. Please call me. Talk to me like a man. That was at his concert, remember? He ended the concert early and said that, and everyone was like, he, like, and they had said for a while that he was, like, displaying some erratic behavior, and then after this, it was like, he, like, really broke down, and this is when, you know, a lot of people said that he was um, put into a mental hospital kind of against his will. It wasn't. Like, authorities kind of persuaded him to go, and he checked in himself. Um, but that's, yeah, he was, he was had his first, like, episode, and it was, like, a temporary psychosis, and it was, like, de- dehydration and sleep deprivation. And his mental state, they determined, was abnormal enough that, he had canceled 21 concerts and it was able to be covered by his insurance because it was so abnormal and so not, you know, people don't really think about that. When somebody cancels a tour or somebody, there's there's so many people and so many things that are affected that you have to have an insurance policy to take care of that. And a lot of the times when somebody does this, if they, you know, if Kanye had said like, nah, I just don't feel like doing this. Or like, no, nah, I don't feel well. I'm not going to do this. Like he had the flu and he didn't want to. His insurance policy wouldn't have covered this. This was such an out of the norm episode for him and so crazy. And like that the, his insurance policy had a kick in because he physically couldn't go and finish the rest of the tour. Yeah. And he, after that, he kind of took like an 11 month break from being at all in the public eye. Like really pretty. Yeah. And I remember this. He mm-hmm. was not, he was not seen. And then- we transitioned to January of the next year, 2018, and that is when Chicago's Chicago born. was born. Oh my a God. little freaking doll. That L- doll of a baby. No. we Nobody talks about Saint in Chicago. Listen, we talk about North, we talk about Psalm. Nobody talks about Saint in Chicago more than we do. No. I, oh my God. Also, if you notice with this timeline, it's like November 2016, and then like January 2018, he has a baby, but November 16 is like when he kind of stopped. It's like, that is the biggest gap in time in this whole thing. He does not stop. All of these dates are like one right after the other. Even the albums. Yeah, 2004, 2005, 2007. Like that's, people don't do that anymore. No, it's crazy. Um, 
also June of 2018 is that's when he released Yay. And remember he had that listening party in Jackson Hole. He had the song All Mine that referenced Corey and Tristan. I, Julie? I you, texted Isabel about this when I was making out. I was like, I will never forget that moment that we were watching the live stream. And I was like, okay, he mentioned Corey. That's pretty crazy. Like, got to bag the boss off. I call that taking Corey Gambles. And then, first of all, this is right after the Tristan scandal. Literally, it was probably, what was it, a month after? No, no, no. It had to have been, it was a couple months after. Because that was February. This is June. Oh, my. All these thoughts on Christian Mingle, almost what got Tristan single. I will never forget. I couldn't believe it. The memes. Do you remember the memes? We were making them like, we couldn't stop. We were a meme factory. I was looking at our our, um, highlights, and I don't know if I still have it. I deleted it. I storied on our story a picture from like my view in the city with the caption like can't sleep like can't stop thinking about Kanye mentioning Tristan and I couldn't it was the craziest thing I feel like I like oh my god I could not believe it we talk it. about this all the time though when pop culture events make their way into songs yeah like we just saw the song keeping up with the Kardashians and now Kanye's rapping about it like holy shit it was right. one of those also, moments also like Kanye's rapped about Kim so many times but it's like he never drops the other members of the family especially like a scandal that like first of all Corey like Corey made his way into a song and then it's like fucking Tristan and then he started more I mean now he's he's talked about like oh my god yeah. now yeah now he's like uh, that was no, that was like a, a, the craziest thing it really was So we were just pausing to tell you guys about ZipRecruiter. Here's the thing. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. So this is what happens. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Then, as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective, this is crazy, that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That is insane. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H, ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that... 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. Um, so next year, January, 2019, that's when he started Sunday service. How do you yeah. feel about that, Julie? Oh my God. That was, oh my God. <laughs> that changed our lives. What do you mean? That, that became religious after that. It did. Um, it was in April. That's when he took Sunday service to Coachella. I mean, that was this year. This was three that months was, ago. Yeah. 
and again, not just what we saw on TV, for what we heard, I mean, on on the fisheye of YouTube, oh my God. but we heard from every single person that was there. It was as magical, as euphoric, as incredible as one would imagine it to be, which, like, duh. Again, that was like his, you know, kind, I mean, listen, not everyone's going to feel this way, but I think, and he th- thought thinks of this as like his, you know, redemption back into the public eye after the whole Trump thing, which I don't know if we'll ever move on from that, but... Yeah, I mean, we forget, or not forget, but maybe we don't talk about a lot, you know, the whole thing. Forget about just wearing the hat and then going to TMZ. Like, but that's the other thing is like he, it was his, his mental state wasn't right. No, it right. was and, so unstable. And it's, and it's so crazy listening to Kim talk about it because she's like, I, I know him and it's impossible for me to translate what I know about him into what she's like, cause she'll say, she's like, when me and Kanye talk, we have similar politics. She's like, what he's out yelling about is just for the right to express what you want. But when we speak and we talk about what we actually believe in, his politics are not what he's saying they are. And she's like, that's what's so frustrating for me. And like, she's like, I, it's exhausting for me to constantly defend him. And she said, she was like, I had to stop. It was affecting our marriage. She's like, I have to just let him be him. Exactly. But that's when he came out and said he got liposuction. Remember all yeah, of those no, things? Yeah, no, and TMZ, oh my God, the, the TMZ thing with the slavery being a choice. I mean, he was not in the right mental state. No, then. there's no, no. And he's And he has apologized for that. Yeah. For that aspect of it. Yeah, and he's tried to explain it. I mean, listen, there there are people that, and understandably so, if that was a point for you where you were like, I can't do this with Kanye anymore, it's understandable. I would never be like, no, like, he made it, like, because it was like, that was a big thing, and it was a big thing for a lot of people, but I think if you come at it from the understanding of, like, you know, with Kanye, it's sometimes actions speak louder than words, but they shouldn't. It's like his, if you look at like the things that he does on the side, other than what he's doing in the public light, it's like at the same time that he's on T, on TMZ wearing a red, a Make America Great Again hat and dreaming about slavery being a choice, he's also donating $100,000 to the first black female mayoral candidate of Chicago. And it's like what you're doing and what you're saying are not matching up. Yeah, no, it's, it's, but again, I, I hear what you're saying. Like I, if that was your point where you're like, I can't do it anymore, yeah, no, it makes I, total no, sense. It, makes sense. it really it's, does. It's, and I, yeah. I think he lost a lot of people for life after that. Yeah. But not everyone, obviously. Um, 2019, that's when Sam was born. Oh my God. A picture of Shane and Sam. Yeah, we just got this literally two days ago. Kim oh uploaded the cutest picture of them ever. And then, I mean, we're we're in present day now, July 2019. Kanye graces the cover of Forbes. It's estimated that Yeezy is worth over a billion dollars. It came out that Kanye is the third highest paid celebrity making $150 million from June 2018 to June 2019. And if you don't think that Kanye, Taylor Swift, and Kylie being the top three is the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen. No, it's the craziest. First of all, it's the craziest thing, but it's the most. It's just the most. It's the most. Like, just no. Just just no words. The irony of that is beyond. No, it's it's next level. Yeah. I mean, but it's crazy. Imagine having a family where two people in your family are the top paid celebrities in of anybody. That's insane. No, it's insane. And it's not like Kim and the rest of them weren't somewhere on that list as Kim well. Kim was number 10, I think. Exactly. Also just, you know, in terms of his like life from a chronological perspective, we're, we're in present day, here we are. There's just a couple of things that I wanted to point out that I don't know if we said specifically, which was we always talk about a lot, Kanye's infatuation with Kim and more than just infatuation. It's like this level of respect and adoration and admiration that is almost superior to anything I think I've ever witnessed maybe. And he once described Kim as, quote, the most beautiful woman of all time, arguably of human existence. And tell them. This is my favorite thing. I did not know this. He apparently said in an interview, he used to draw himself into the Kardashian Christmas card next to Kim. 
is that not the cra- like the craziest thing ever? Yeah. When they weren't together, he would draw him. That's how badly he wanted to be with her. He said that the reason that he strove to be with Kim was because he'd been taught to only, quote, work with number one. And he said that not being with Kim would be, and I quote, like Michelangelo being told he's not allowed to carve with marble, but that he's got to use cement. Talk about setting the bar fucking, fucking high. high. No one's, no one's like, it's, oh my God, it's unbelievable. That's what I'm saying when like people are always like, and you say this a lot too, like they could get divorced. They're not getting divorced. First of all, Kim is not leaving somebody who, despite his public, you know, appearances and, out, and all of these things, somebody who's so good to her like that and like thinks she is the greatest thing to ever walk the face of the planet. And on the reverse, it's like, he's not going anywhere. Like, Kim is his ultimate. That's what I always say to you. Kim is his ultimate. There is no going up from there. No, I hear that. I always, And I agree with you. I, I My thoughts have changed. I believe that they're in it. I just thought that if it ever, if they ever were to get divorced, it would be Kim, not him. Yeah, no, it would you know be. I mean? It would be if it was ever. I think she'd I be like, I can't deal with this anymore. I can't deal with this instability almost. But I, I, after really researching this with you and, and just thinking about it a lot, no, I, I agree with you. I think that they're in it for the long haul. That a picture that he drew for the Forbes interview that he sent and it was like literally he drew it on a piece of paper and it was his drawing of the family and it was like all that matters and he sent it in and then sent a second copy because he forgot to put sushi in the first copy. Yeah. <laughs> like literally no. He is. It's beyond. This, As you could tell this was Julie's like Super Bowl. She was so excited to do this and it makes me so happy. She's sitting here beaming, smiling. Yeah, this like, So happy. And I, I love doing it too. I think you know we know it's kind of one of the reasons that we like to do these deep dive episodes because Listen, if you're a loyal Kardashian follower or fan, you know stuff. But then there's stuff that you don't know unless you really research it. Like, I would have never known that his the person he was engaged to was Alexis Pfeiffer. Like, I just had no idea. And yeah, it's an interesting no. fact, and, it, and I, I enjoyed this. So, I don't know. Here we go. We'll see what happens for the next eight, because we have eight more deep dives. We're thinking we'll about do doing. eight more Kanye deep dives <laughs> if we need to. We want to do, like, a business empire one. We want to do a vacation one. It's some stuff with the show. We have, we have a bunch of different things, but... Yeah, I don't know, guys. This is this is it. We will see you tomorrow for our regular episode where I don't know if I personally have ever been more excited to talk about anything than I am Kylie's, Kylie's no, skin no, trip. No, no, I can't fucking wait. Holy literal fuck, I know. So yeah, that's it. We will see you guys tomorrow. We love you. Any any closing thoughts? Nope. Thanks for letting us do this. <laughs> this was, this was, yeah. This is the highlight. Yeah. Okay, see you soon. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.